Welcome back, Halligans. Thanks for joining us once again. This is Joe, as always, joined by my wonderful, spectacular, amazing co-host, Ryan. We're here to hit you with something uh, that I just found on... What did I tell you? This was on Netflix? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was Netflix. So, uh, it's a movie that's by the same director who did the movie Moon with Sam Rockwell. And it's called Mute. This was... Just it had uh, Alexander Skarsgård, I believe that's the the son, his name, yeah. and yeah. Paul Rudd, and it's yeah, a little odd interesting, parent. huh? It's an odd parent, right? And it was an odd movie. There were some, well, before we really get into it, uh, yeah, I, I just happened to see it. I threw it on my list because you know I recognized a couple of guys out of it. The it was weird because two of the the two different like movie poster you know, screenshot things that you see, depending on how you're searching it. One shows Paul Rudd and the other one shows Skarsgård. And it, it just, both of those, the look of them was very different. And so I didn't even realize that it was the same movie uh, originally. I think I saw it a while back. I was like, oh, that could be interesting. And then I saw another one was like, I just added it to my list. Watched it and I was like, ah, oh. I think I was not even all the way through it. I told you, hey, we got time to record. How about just just watch this? We'll, yeah. we'll talk about this one. So, I watched it. You watched it, Ryan. What do you think? Well, first off, I was surprised by the casting. Like I said, I already thought Alexander Skarsgård and Paul Rudd were a weird choice, and Sam Rockwell as Sam Bell, uh-huh. the like surgeon partner, is almost unrecognizable. Right? Wasn't that's it not him? Sam Rockwell. Which one was he? Sam Rockwell played. He was in it, but. He was he was seen as part of a news story that was on a television. Oh, and I know that because he played the same character that he played in the movie Moon. It's really weird how that movie ends. Okay, and then there's this little clip about it. I'm like, I saw the clip and I'm like, that looks like Sam. What? And so I looked it up and I'm like, that is his character from Moon. And then I looked up and saw the directors were the same, and it was a nice nod. Uh, It was apparently after he wrote or he. He wanted Sam Rockwell for this, but it was they said it was too much. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they, he ended up doing Moon first, and then this has a nod to it in it. And it was that was pretty nice. That was a nice little Easter egg thing that was kind of unexpected because this movie takes place in the future, same as the other one. And they don't – I really enjoyed in this movie how they didn't talk a lot about that. There was no anything about us being in the future. They were just living their lives. And you were kind of seeing how things were. And it had, I mean, had, had uh, motorboat accidents that started out. It had robot strippers. It had like almost like a car chase scene. Like there was, there was a lot to this movie. And I... I think I'm going to have to start paying attention to this director because I've liked both of them so far. Mm-hmm. So as I said, what did what did you think of it? Yes, odd pairing. I didn't even realize until it gets started. And I'm like, oh, okay. it's got both of them in it. And so, yeah, I, I agree with that odd pairing part. Well, I feel better because I thought Sam Rockwell was supposed to be that other doctor. <laughs> no. And I was like very, I was like, I, he does not look like him at all. Like there are moments where he kind of sounds like him or kind of behaves like him. I thought bit, that too. That's when I looked it up. It's like, like it could be like uh, Colin Farrell, right, as the Penguin. 
and oh. Batman, where it's like they just did him up with some prosthetics and makeup and hair that made him like fit. I don't even know why they chose him for that role. You could have chosen anybody, right? I mean, he's a good actor. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, so, I, like, I like I like Colin Farrell. I think he's pretty good. But the person who did play uh, Paul Rudd's partner in this, who just used the word babe a whole bunch. Oh, babe, yeah. Good, babe. Hey, babe. It's, it was good. I liked his character. He played, um, oh, what was the name? The Sorcerer. No, the Wizard. Wizard Lazar in Your Highness hmm. with James Franco and... What's his name? Danny. He was in. Uh, he was the explosives guy in Tropic Thunder. Danny McBride. Yeah, from. The so yeah, Trailer your Park highness Boys. had those two in it, which it was really good. It was a movie I would like us to do. It had had some moments to it, uh, but yeah, the guy who plays the evil villain, this the villain he played in that movie, Lazar, was fantastic. He like just for what they were shooting for, he really nailed oh. it. And it, once I recognized him, I'm like, okay, and. I haven't seen him in a whole lot, um, especially nothing big. But this was—I like seeing him. I think he's a, an interesting actor. But yeah, he's—I—I uh, I had recognized him from something else. Okay, yeah, it's Justin Thoreau, mm-hmm. right? That plays the other doctor. It is. Not familiar with him. Anyway, I, I also noticed uh, Robert Sheehan as Luba, mm-hmm. who I guess yeah is from uh, the Umbrella from Umbrella Academy, yeah. He was Klaus. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's a dude who in some scenes is dressed just like a strip club employee. So it's yeah. like he's just dressed a little... He looks like a character out of Cyberpunk is what he looks like. Mm, he does, yes. This futuristic world, I can, yeah. There are other ones where he's just straight up cross-dressing. And it's like, it's when he's cross-dressing because he does it so much in Umbrella Academy that I really recognize That's him. That's you recognize him for, yeah. Yeah, it's like... Oh yeah, I know. I know those shoulders. I know those like knuckles in the dress. <laughs> you might have watched too much of Brown Academy. I don't know about that. You're working as another man's shoulders. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um. So I purposely did not look at any other. I never look at other reviews. I never look at like ratings or anything before I go in to watch something like this. So I went into it fresh, and I think. In a weird way, it kind of helped me because I don't know if any listeners can hear it, but I, my throat, like I'm still a little raspy. I was sick a couple weeks ago and I just, it took forever to get my voice anywhere near being back all the way. And it's still not totally back. And like watching this movie, it just made me like, this is sort of an aside, but it like made me appreciate the power of like silence. Because there are these, there are these moments in the movie where he, just looks at somebody or looks at something. It's like, and he's not being clownish. I mean, in, in the way that a clown just amplifies whatever emotions to like a wild degree. He's not doing anything to like amp up his expressions. He's just looking at this, looking at that, kind of giving somebody side eye or like a little smile like that one guy when he's trying to order food or whatever. This guy like says something to him, just something funny off, you know, offhand. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of looks over and smiles and then goes back to doing his thing. It, For some reason, that really drew me in. And it made me realize that in some cases, I think it's better to be silent. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes that can say more. I've had that in, like, meetings before when people try to, like, say something to break the tension. And my favorite thing to do is just say absolutely nothing and just continue to look at them because it makes people so profoundly uncomfortable. 
<laughs> it does. There's a it's like you there's can a psychological keep to dig advantage yourself out. you can gain by not talking, by yeah. waiting, listening to whatever anybody else says, and making them wait for whatever it is you're going to say. And when you do say something, you make it count. Yeah. Like you've, you've taken the time. You've heard all of your, you know, whether it's a boss listening to his subordinates because he wants to take in all the input before he makes whatever the decision is going to be. But yeah, the I mean, there, there used to be that used to be a thing in the movies. It was called the strong silent type. Like they had a name for it. And I think we've gone away from that a lot in the just the way Hollywood is right now, which a lot of it isn't great. But yeah. then some things like this will come out and it's a unique idea. A director's and actors are coming together and doing something that's not just molded cookie cutter, same thing everybody else is doing. And I enjoy both, both the movies that this director has done. I have enjoyed quite a bit. And this was, it, there's there, they went some places in this got a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. That, I would agree with that. That was something I was going to get into a little bit. That oh yeah, we were, can't we can't not get into it. Um, yeah, so, just, okay, so for a background it, on this, I kind of think sure. we're we're talking about some of it. But for those who don't know, what this movie happens to revolve around is uh, this character of Leo. Apparently, he was Amish or something, some sort of. Yeah, they say not, that he was Amish, but he was like on some old school motorboat, so maybe right. Uh, so not like fully maybe Amish. Kind of were allowed to like okay, you have to stay. 70 years behind the rest of society. Yeah, right? Like, it, it was a little right weird. But he's in some horrific boat accident. He gets all jacked up. And because of their religious beliefs, the mom doesn't let them do surgery to save his voice box. So this character, as we know him as an adult, he can't speak. He's mute. Right. So him, he has a little job at a bartender. He has a girlfriend. Mm. They're in love. And then the story just kind of starts snowballing. It, it's yeah. kind of like a, a gangster story. Um, that's what I was I was reading some of the trivia and stuff on it that talked about it. it wanted to be more of like this this British gangster story, but it just kind of evolved. Uh, especially after the how Moon went, he ended up turning it into a more futuristic movie, and I think it really worked for what it was for everything that you had to do in this world. It was a very interesting way to draw you into this character. And, but it wasn't just the, the movie didn't solely revolve around Leo and his girlfriend who disappears and he spends time looking for her. It, it also has this other side of it, which is Paul Rudd's character and him and this other doctor fellow of his, it's a really, they're like working for the gangsters, but Paul Rudd's got this daughter who's in the mix, and he seems like he's this really kind of a caring father, but he's still, he's basically kind of an asshole. It's just, yeah. he, he really, and I really like Skarsgård, but I think Paul Rudd kind of stole the show in this. His character Paul Rudd was, was really on good, yeah. point. And they, they were so different. I mean, like, they were, I mean, I know that your villain and your hero are always kind of like opposites, but... They were like as different as they could possibly be, you know. Like Paul Rudd never shuts up. He like flip flops back and forth and is emotional all the time. Yeah, that was like first. I love that Bolt. I love that all the characters are just like random. They're just random. Like they all have these different 
aspects and characteristics and stuff. Like him coming from this Amish background doesn't mean that he's like uh, afraid of modern technology or anything like that. He just doesn't need it. Yeah. He just doesn't need to use it. It's, it's one of these things that I've kind of noticed. Like some people are just way more dependent on it than others. I mean, as much as I'm into technology, you know, I've looked at my screen on time on my phone and mine with everything I have to do on my phone, mine's like maybe 45 minutes a day sometimes an hour a day if I have to ch- like I charge my phone every like three or four days that, <laughs> like that seems nigh on impossible with what you do like that you I know yeah. have to be doing more on it than that but well I mean there are days where there's more but a lot of the time my, my usage is pretty light but then some of some of the, the you know 23 year olds in in that age group that work here are just staring at their phone all the time and it's I don't really know that there's anything that wrong with it they're just doing their thing. But it's like there are times where I like to just not look at it, just kind of be on my own. Like one of my favorite things to do lately is like go out to get coffee in the morning and just leave my phone behind, like leave everything and like go run a couple of errands or whatever. And it's like not even think about somebody calling me. Yeah, it's it's such it's so different right now mm-hmm. because it used to be when we were the age of some of these young people that we're looking at a little younger, I think, for you. But we used to leave the house and nobody could get a hold of you. You were in your car on the road. There's no, there was no contacting you. There right. were you unless you store, had like so a, you just had to wait until they got home and hit the the play button on their answering machine, you know, to hear if you left a message or not. And it, right. It's unless you have the Zach Morris phone, like the big you have the big the big gray Zach Morris phone. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's I like that it's not. Because at first I thought, like, oh, this is going to be an anti-technology thing. Like, I get that. That was a thing for a while. Like, you know, I mean, even Escape from L.A. Yeah, Escape from L.A., the sequel to Escape from New York, which had one of my favorite, and I've talked about it, one of my favorite endings to any movie ever. Yeah. Snake Plissken. Just crushed yeah. it. Thank you, Kurt Russell. But, yeah, it's not that. It's just, that's just his background. That's just what he does. Whereas the other one, whereas uh, Paul Rudd's character is very... Like, embraces all the modern stuff. He talks all the time. He's emotionally unstable. Like, I just like that... I like that they did a lot of character development without, like, over-explaining stuff to us. You know, I just recently finished watching... I forced myself to finish watching Dragon Ball Super. Because it's like, I want to just get done with it so I've seen it all. I did not like it. Because it was kind of like football. (laughs) For every two minutes of action, there's, like, 20 minutes of, like, talking... <laughs> and people like lining up or whatever else they're doing, and it's like, man, just stop explaining everything to me. Like, I can see what's happening. I see the fight. I don't need 15 animations of like this character being like, oh, you see, my person is so much more powerful than that. Yeah, it's, and it's like back and forth. Has always been. It has, but I feel like Super's even worse. And is it, it was oh, so God. it was so refreshing to watch this and have so little spoon-fed to me. Most of what we're... Well, not most, but a lot of, like, the detective work kind of stuff is through him. Like, he doesn't have an internal monologue that we're hearing mm-hmm. or anything like that. We're, we're just seeing, like, flashes. Like, oh, I remember that she did this. Like, let me go check this out. Or let me rub on this page and see if I can figure out what she wrote here. or Whatever. Like, I, I really appreciate that they were showing and not telling for a lot of it. And that they did a lot of character development and a lot of exploration in a very organic way. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to just randomly throwing in these scenes that didn't make sense given the context. Like they might show a flashback to something that happened once another character figured something out. Like they figured out, then they show us what happened. Right. And I like that a lot better than like the movie kind of showing us what happened and it being like, wink, wink. Let's see if this person figures it out. Does that make sense? Yeah. This, uh, I, I really enjoyed how it progressed. Like I didn't, I didn't know what to expect with it. I didn't really, I may have read about kind of what it was about the first time I, I saw something about it before I even threw it on my list. I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. And I saw it pop up, threw it on my list. But as of watching, I just didn't know what to expect out of it. And yeah, really interesting how they allowed his silence to speak volumes, as they say mm-hmm. that it was, it was well done in that. But my favorite part I think about this movie is it didn't go where I expected it to go. Like some of it, yes, but I thought they did a good job of keeping you guessing throughout it. Like how does all this tie together? How to like the two characters that we're talking about who ultimately it, it like culminates kind of with those two, the confrontation, but how it gets there is kind of marvelous. Yeah. And even what happens during the confrontation and after, like, at, at no point did I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that the whole way through. Like, there was, there are so many movies that you and I have watched where it's like, okay, this is going to happen. Now. Or the movie with, like, the, the time-traveling photo booth, whatever that movie was called, I can never remember. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Either way, like, we watched a quarter of it or a third of it at your house. Uh-huh. And then I laughed and I was like, all right, let me guess the ending. And I was right. Like, the route that they took to get there, whatever, but I was right about the ending. But this one, mm-hmm. there was, like, no way to tell where it was going, and I really appreciated it. That being said, this movie has some pretty bad reviews. <laughs> it has, like, a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Really? It's like, a 54% like like ratio on Google, which I find really strange. I don't exactly know what the problem is, because... I really enjoyed this. Like, it's definitely um, maybe too. I hate to say cerebral because it's definitely not like an intellectual type movie, but it's yeah, not the standard, like, just shovel popcorn and beer into your face and sit there and have a good time and let, you know, like, it's somewhat stressful to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot going on, there's a lot of uncertainty. So I could see it not being something that would do excellent in theaters, but yeah, I just don't see where the the negativity comes for it. Yeah, that seems really odd. It could be the fact that throughout most of the movie, we do not get to hear the sultry sound of Mr. Skarsgård's voice or Mm. how different a character Paul Rudd plays compared to every other thing I've ever seen him in. Like I was watching it. And uh, my wife was like, is that, is that, who is that? Is that? And so Paul Rudd, she's like, this doesn't, that doesn't sound like Paul Rudd. And not, it didn't sound like, it sounded like him, but it didn't sound like how he would act in everything else you've ever seen him in. And I really, I really enjoyed that about this. I liked how he, the interaction when he's sitting with his buddy 
at this coffee shop and some little old lady like the tables are just shared tables i guess so she comes and sits down and they're having this kind of heavy discussion about what's going on and she's looking like apparently staring at him and he turns and has this interaction with her that's fantastic there were there were some moments in this it just it did things that i didn't expect it it was almost like a futuristic version of taken only it's more than just i'm going to kill everybody who is in between me and what i'm trying to retrieve Mm-hmm. It was so it couldn't have been like that because Leo wasn't that character and it's just it really tied everything together in interesting and unique ways that I didn't necessarily see coming and that that intrigued me. I enjoyed that immensely about it and so hearing you say that about some of those reviews is a, really surprising actually. Yeah, well, I'm looking at some of the... I don't know... Oh, you can't probably can't see it on camera. I have my phone over here on the little stand. I'm kind of flipping through some of the reviews. Yeah, I saw you not looking me, ignoring me. No, I saw that. A lot, a lot of them are talking about, um, essentially, that this movie was stuck in development for, like, 10 years. And they're like, oh, it's not worth a 10-year wait. It's like So they're sort of judging it based on how long it took to come out, which is weird to me. It is a little because I didn't know about it. And even if, like, you turn on some classic movies, like we just watched that Flight of the Phoenix from mm-hmm. the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like, does it matter? Does, does us watching it now have any relevance on whether or not it's still a good movie and a good story? No. So that, that might have something to do with it. I don't know. I can, if you're like a real cinephile and, and super into the business, your reviewers. Like, who are doing it professionally. I mean, I know they don't have the kind of following that we do, that mm-hmm. people like Joe Rogan look to us like, man, I wish I could do what they're doing. But it's, a, I mean, it's okay. I'll, it's, don't a worry, it's, it's okay. We're here for you. But <laughs> that just seems like a not the way you should view something. Like, I get it. I don't know. Maybe it's different when you're into that world. It's like you hear about a rumor of a game you know, in that, the video game world. And, oh, it, oh, that was, that was years ago. I heard it, and it just took a long time for it to finally get greenlit and finally, mm-hmm. you know, but that's all right. Like, take your time. Like, he, he rewrote it, apparently, uh, several times. And the final time, moving it into the future, which I said, I just really think that helped with the movie. I really enjoyed how it wasn't, trying to show you all this stuff that just to show it to you. I think some, sometimes they did that in movies like a total recall or something where they're, they're in the future and they're just trying to show you stuff to show off that it's the future versus it just feels like a lived in world. Yeah. And it does feel like a lived in world. It absolutely did. And I'm also realizing that part of him being like former Amish. Yeah. Whatever it was. Means that he, like, we're, we're learning a lot about the world from him. You know, if we were jumping forward 20 or 30 years, like, we wouldn't have a frame of reference for how things work. Except for that he only has, like, a passing familiarity with a lot of it. Like, he doesn't, you know, eat out a whole lot. So he, like, you know, he, he's not familiar with, like, how to order food for, like, drone delivery from this little kiosk thing. So we get to, like, learn that from him. And we get to, like, and we discover ways to try to find Nadira along with him. 
which is a good idea. Mm-hmm. It was. There was but, the the detective work he had to do. It it felt real because he was just well. This is all I have to go on, and it's uh-huh. just like pulling one little thread at a time. But it wasn't. There was no Sherlock Holmes aha moments. There were some revelations and some things and leading him here and there. And he just for somebody who didn't speak, he was he was as compelling as Nick Cage in Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. Just being mute, but utterly a compelling character and you really were drawn in by them. And as much as in as much as I enjoy that, the back and forth between Paul Rudd and Justin Thoreau, their characters, these two doctors, surgeons, best buds, how that relationship, how you watched it, where it started from and how it grew was was pretty interesting in and of itself. The relationship was supposed to be somewhat representative or uh, it was kind of based on uh, what are the two names? Uh, the two Oh my gosh. Hawkeye and uh, Trapper from MASH. Okay. So, Lottie Halligans, if you're, you're not going to know what that is. What an old, old TV show that, you know, we watched on well, well into reruns um, when we saw it. But, yeah, Trent, you know, kind of based on a little bit on those characters. And that, the way that dynamic grew and played out. And even, even all the characters, the thing that made this that lived-in feel is all the characters had agency. They all had their own things that were going on and, you know, things that they they were their own characters and they felt real. And I really enjoyed that. I really liked, like, these Russian gangster guys and the one big guy who's, like, missing a, a pinky who's, like, the muscle. It, every, the way everything played out was really interesting. And I, I enjoyed how when it... It came down to like this, this almost confrontation-ish uh, rampage that Leo goes on. Yeah, there's it's definitely not, a point where he sort of abandons his life. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to fuck up everything to figure this out. But it it didn't do it in a way that was just over the blown, overblown Hollywood style <laughs> Yeah, it didn't feel like... It was reminiscent of The Rock in the movie Walking Tall. Yeah. It was based on a true story, fun movie, enjoyed it. Yeah, based on an older movie where the guy, like, played himself. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. It it wasn't like um, Death Wish back in the day or the the modern Bruce Willis version that came out. Yeah. Yeah, there's no John Wick stuff here. It was just this guy who really love this girl and just yeah he doesn't always win fights or whatever like he's not a master or anything he's just like big and people don't expect things from him because he's been kind of a timid person and i really like how the one there's there's one inter encounter that he has but they don't show it he just he's just the one who won they don't show how it happened and i really like that i didn't need to see that i just needed the story to continue on so i because it was like it really shifted gears after that point. Yeah. Like when that happens and and he goes into that mode, the movie really like jumped to another level of mm-hmm. kind of how intense it was. 
It just, as I said, uncomfortable. Ooh, there, oh, just some things, some some good deaths. Like there was some stuff in it. Oh man, I know there there were there were just so many points where it's like this is not how movies do this, right? Like, what are they doing? And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it for that. I watched this mostly like on my laptop. Which is a weird way for me to watch it. Like I prefer to sit down in front of the TV and like actually watch it. But it's like it's it's fine. I'm alone. It's quiet. Like I just have my work stuff over here. But I'm only watching the movie when I'm not focused on that because I realize really quickly they're not telling you stuff. You have to pay attention. <laughs> so I, I actually watched it, but I got so sucked into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I really I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I don't actually want to spoil how things play out. Right. Yeah, I don't either. This is it's. Well, I mean, I think we're. I However, think you think it's going it, to go. As far as it goes, how we how we feel, Hooligans, whether it's a watch or not, it's it's easily a watch. Definitely, absolutely. But we, I just, I, I'd like to kind of like to talk a little bit more about it, but I really don't want to spoil anything. And it just where they allowed this to go. Just. It, you don't see it, and that's what made it so good, because yeah. it it felt where they allowed it to go felt real, felt like oh, yeah, this yeah. is this is how this would play out, at least partly how it yeah would play yeah. Out. And there so were a couple I, points where it's like oh that's that's how they're gonna leave it or that's how that's gonna happen, and then it's like well that kind of makes sense for that character, he's not vengeful in this way or he's not like they weren't enemies before. Or, you know, I'm trying to be vague here about what I'm talking about. There are so many moments like that where it's just a little bit surprising because it's not how those things usually turn out in most movies. Yeah, the way, considering what the movie was, for the most of, of the movie was focused on, how it all turned out towards the end was really compelling. Liked it a lot. Yeah. So, Halligans, I'm going to call this a watch. I, I think I'd kind of like to talk more about it and get into it, but I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just not doing it with this one. I just want you all to watch it. So go watch it and then send us some info. How did you feel about it? What did you think about it? If it's if you're listening to us on YouTube, comment down below. That's the thing people say <laughs> for videos and stuff, right? Right. I haven't been posting too much on YouTube lately. Maybe I'll go back through and throw them all up. I have so I've been doing more research on and this is something the listeners can hear too. So we've been talking about adding you know, more social media stuff, whatever. I've kind of streamlined my processes for that for my business. So I'm going to apply some of that to this and start, you know, just doing things to be more interactive, you know, let people know what's going on, especially when we have times like this where we go a couple weeks without releasing something because my voice just would not come back because everybody's like, oh, you need to rest it. It's like I work 17 hours a day. I have to talk constantly. <laughs> like there was a day where my voice got so hoarse, like just talking made me choke. Like it would just like tickle in my throat so bad. <laughs> anyway, I am though looking into doing live streams. I found a service that I think we can use to do that. Should work with the gear that we currently have. And I think, it, I think it'll be good because we can be more interactive. You know, we can have things that we can do on a live stream that we don't, include in a podcast that goes out so people want to watch that and the live stream versions will i believe will just stay up 
Oh, yeah, they'll okay. just become a, a normal YouTube video. So if you want to okay. see like the unedited version where we make mistakes or flub or whatever else, you know, you can watch that. And if you want the more produced version, we can do that as well. All right, and then Halligans, I just want to make sure to mention, don't don't worry about poor Ryan over there. I know he says he works seventeen hours, but I've I've been and seen him at work. It's not really working. So not all the time. It's true. I'm here a lot. I'm talking a lot. He does. Yeah, he interacts well with his customer base. Way to call me like out. him. <laughs> like jolly old Saint Nick. Yeah. There are some of them that call me Pappy. Pappy oh. Loading Bar. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. Interesting. I think because one of my employees called, he just calls me Papa every once in a while. Like, hey man, can you go grab that? And he's like, sure thing, Papa. <laughs> oh, it'd be great if you had a nice little Spanish girl to call you Poppy. Yeah. Okay, Poppy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> feel feel a little, a little tougher, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys want to reach out and let us know your thoughts on this movie or suggest something or ask questions, you can email us at moviehowl.gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at moviehowl. You can indeed. Halligans, as always, thank you so much for listening. We enjoy doing this. We're going to keep doing this. I think we're, I think we're probably, we're probably going to keep doing this, right? I think make, so. Make some more? All right. So, yeah, we're going to keep doing this, make some more, hopefully do some things to interact with you all more. And that just sounds like a good time, I think. Uh, maybe we can get on some of those some of those web series with some of our favorite YouTube creators. Maybe we can get to that that status. It would be great just to, yeah. just to be there, have that conversation. But this has been a good time. We've enjoyed this. Mute was fun. And, it was fun. I mean, okay, yeah, it was fun, but it was – there was more to it than just just fun, but if you just want to see Paul Rudd do something different, watch it just for that. And look like he's having a lot of fun. He does look like he's having a lot of fun, and I I like like we talked about with Chris Evans. Yeah, it's exactly what I was thinking. Gray man, it's like, like just looks like he's having a lot of fun. They gave him a really fun, like kind of just super unstable character. It's just I think it would be super fun to play somebody like that unstable. Like you know, the flip of a switch is like. You stay the fuck away from my family, rather than then he's like, "Hey, man, I, everything's great now. Let's go grab some beers and go bowling yeah, or whatever." That flip on, flip that switch. That's why we need to watch and review the Seven Psychopaths. That's another Sam Rockwell movie. I think it's got Christopher Walken. It's good. It's a fun movie. Oh, I've seen that movie. Have you? Yeah, it's good. That was a while ago. It's been a while for me isn't too. That, I definitely have to watch it before I can talk about it. Isn't that the one where, uh, isn't there a scene in that where Christopher Walken, like his wife, is in a, a nursing home or assisted living? And she's like, you should get, just go get an honest job, like government work or something. And he's like, government work, honest job. <laughs> isn't that that movie? It might be. It's been too long, I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. I'm fairly now certain. I, now I gotta look for it, see what it's on so I can watch it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, That's it. We're all done. Pretty sure I've been Joe. I've been Ryan. And we are out.